0: Life Audio.
1: Hello. Thank you for listening to your daily Bible verse, the podcast that examines one verse each day to learn more about God and His will for us. I'm your host, Jennifer Slattery, and after this short word from our sponsor, We'll dive into today's Bible verse, Luke 15 32.
0: Did you know that the Salvation Army not only provides services to those in need, but we also produce a network of Christian podcasts you can listen to on your favorite podcast store? One of these shows, Words of Life, is a 15 minute weekly show featuring interviews, testimonies, Bible studies, and more.
1: when we point people to Him, they're going to want to know Him.
0: Listen to Words of Life on your favorite podcast store or visit wordsoflifepodcast.org.
1: Today's Bible verse is Luke 15, 32. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Do you ever find it challenging to grasp the depth of God's grace or even to see him as a God of grace? When you consider the pigsty God pulled you out of, are your feet firmly planted in grace or do you find yourself shackled with shame? Unfortunately, a large number of people I encounter tend to live in the latter, enslaved to shame. They may recognize and even receive grace when it comes to their salvation, meaning they know they've received pardon for their sins and the gift of eternal life, but they live as if they must prove themselves worthy of God's love, almost as if he begrudgingly invited them close. But that's far from the image Christ painted. If you're familiar with scripture, you may have read the parable of the prodigal son, In it, Jesus told of an heir who demanded his inheritance, blatantly rejecting the love of his father, and then rebelled against everything his father had taught him. He didn't just mess up a little. To the Jewish mind, this man lived in complete depravity, only returning home once he ran out of money. Have you ever had someone treat you that way? Wanting whatever you could give them more than a relationship with you personally, or maybe using you and then running off treating your kindness with contempt until they needed you once again. I can't help but wonder how often you and I treat God in the same way, seeking the benefits he offers more than a close relationship with him or wanting his benefits apart from his commands, ignoring him until we find ourselves in a place of need once again. God would certainly be justified to leave us in the messes we create, to hold our past sins against us, to make us repay his kindness and earn his love. No doubt this is what the Jewish listeners hearing the story Jesus told expected. After squandering all of his money through wild living, the prodigal son, the man in the parable, he sank to working with unclean animals and even to longing for their food, which would have been seen as even more defiling. Expanding on this, Bible scholar Craig Keener wrote, quote, At this point, Jesus's Jewish hearers are ready for the story to end. The son gets what he deserves. He is reduced to the horrendous level of feeding the the most unclean of animals. The son is cut off at this point from the Jewish community and any financial charity it would otherwise offer him, end quote. And maybe you've been there. Maybe you have fallen into such sin. Everyone considered you filthy and turned away. And maybe so accustomed to judgment and rejection from people, you expected God to treat you in the same way, to view you through the filth of your past, rather than through the lens of his grace. But Jesus made it clear in the story of the prodigal, that is not how God responds to me and you, his often self-centered and rebellious children. Like the father in this story, he waits for us, watching attentively for our return. And once we make even the slightest turn towards him, he begins running to us, bridging the gap and doing the bulk of the work. This description of a father running, that would have sounded shocking to Christ's first century listeners, because in his day, dignified men did not run. To do so, they would have had to hike up their tunic, thereby exposing their legs, something considered shameful in that culture, which makes one wonder, why did the father run? Was he so excited to have a son back, so impatient for their reconciliation that he simply couldn't contain himself? Maybe. But in a Biola magazine article, author Matthew Williams suggested another reason. He suggested this was to spare the son community shame. He went on to explain in Jewish culture, someone who lost their money while living among foreigners was viewed as such a disgrace. The community would publicly and ceremoniously reject him. But by running to meet the son before he encountered anyone else, the father made a statement. According to Williams, quote, the father probably ran in order to get to his son before he entered the village. The father runs and shames himself in an effort to get to his son before the community gets to him so that his son does not experience the shame and humiliation of their taunting and rejection. The village would have followed the running father, would have witnessed what took place at the edge of the village between father and son. After this emotional reuniting of the prodigal son with his father, it would be clear that there would be no kazaza ceremony. There would be no rejecting this son, despite what he has done, quote. In the same way, Jesus endured the shame of the cross to remove our filth, to make us clean, to remove our shame. And to welcome us home as his beloved children, because although he convicts us to save and transform us, he never shames us. To the contrary, he went to great lengths at the cost of his life to remove our guilt and shame. And that means whenever we feel shame, we can know with certainty it does not come from him which means we must throw it off and sink deeper into the robe of righteousness with which he clothed us. Let's pray. Holy Father, thank you for your heart towards us. Thank you that you run to us. You pursue us and you pursued us most beautifully and most vividly in sending your son to earth to show us the way to you and to die, to remove everything that keeps us from you so that we can have a restored Relationship with you through Christ's death and resurrection, our guilt, our filth has been removed, our shame is gone. Help us to live more firmly anchored in grace. Show us when we are acting out of shame rather than grace, when we are viewing ourselves through a lens of shame rather than through your love and grace. Remind us of that image, Lord, of the Father who sees the Son from a far distance. And who runs to him, not only because he is overjoyed that his son has returned, but also to protect him from shame. Because in Jesus Christ, there is no shame. There is no condemnation. There is nothing but righteousness and love and grace. You have welcomed us home, Lord, and we praise you for that. It is in the name of your victorious son that we pray. Amen.